I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge. Well, we're at that stage of the season yet again. Our trades might be dwindling. So too, our overall ranks in some cases. And our luck in head-to-head league matchups feels like, well, for lack of a better phrase, like complete bullshit. But there's reason (laughs) enough to smile. It's time for DPP changes, Mark 2. As I welcome in my co-host Liam, speaking of luck, I know you have yet again been cursed by the Supercoach gods. They're just, they're not letting up. It's really unfortunate. No. No, on, on Friday night, we got news of Parrish's calf strain. So I've had him in for a total of two weeks. Uh, so two two scores, one of which was that 50, 60 odd, and the other one was 100 and something, which was which was nice. Uh, but, yeah, apparently it's different. It's a calf strain this time, not a corked calf that oh, kept wow. him out for two rounds. It's different, apparently. I don't it's different. know. Not, not linked at all, not linked. No, not linked at all, not linked at yeah. all. And now... I also have Toby Nankervis's PCL and Clary Oliver's broken thumb to consider. <laughs> Jeez, you got the trifecta there. Absolutely, you got to oh. go to the uh, cashier and, and cash that in, cash that ticket in. Bloody get a refund, that's what you get. Yeah, please. Uh, you've been absolutely, like, shortchanged by the Supercoach guys this season. Honestly, it's like, you know, you have people like myself who, like I've said through the year that I've had some bad luck. So there's bad luck. But then there's your overall season. Like I've never come across anyone with as much bad luck as you. So I'm expecting going into next year, you're going to be owed that much good luck. You're going to be the runaway overall winner because oh, you've, you've just been dealt like the worst hand. Like in poker, I'm not a poker player, but whatever the worst hand is, that's that's what you've been dealt. It's, uh, mm. yeah, you've I'm been very, very shortchanged. Yeah, 
so I, you know, on that, I thought, you know, glutton punishment that I am. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's have a look back at the trades I've made. Oh <laughs> and no! How many trades I've used this season on injuries alone, just the injuries. This is depressing. And that was twelve, twelve in trades, trading out players who were injured. And on top of that, <laughs> I also went back further. I've had eight players who have held through injury, including three primos that I've held through multiple weeks of injury for, oh, sorry, for injury or illness, uh, which were Hewitt for two weeks, Ridley for two weeks, and Parrish for three weeks. And now I'll have Oliver, Nank, and Parrish to deal with. And I only have two trades left. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> the numbers are not adding up. You're like, you're about to like, just, you know, wander out into the street, curbside, put a hat in front of you and just start like dancing, dancing for like for extra trades or something. I will drop pants for trades or one of those <laughs> things. Like you'll be holding a sign. Krusty, are you making any money? Nah, that guy's giving it away for free. Old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. I know a lot of people have had a lot of trouble with, especially in rucks, mm. but like, the fact that you've had to hold those players as well, and now you're in that conundrum where you've got to either hold Parish or hold Nank and get rid of the other. Like it's, yeah, it's um, and, you, and your depth's being tested as well with Oliver. Like you mentioned, it's just uh, it, it's yeah, terrible. Just everything but, at once. Yeah, everything all at once. So fortunes but, have to change. Like honestly, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay with bad luck this year. If next year's a clean run, as you said, let's hope. Yeah, that, you know, just get it all out now. <laughs> get it all out of the way now. Yeah, might as well. The season's that far gone. <laughs> Just get out of the way now. But um, apart yep. from new DPP changes, there's also Ooh. another reason to get up and about this episode as we'll be joined by a very special guest in the bloke. He's a smooth operator, absolutely smooth operator, and it is Super Coach DR. Love his work on YouTube, and uh, it, um, I'm very much looking forward to having him on this episode. So it's a big episode, so let's get into it with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, in the good, the bad, the ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams went uh, and look into some of the, the plays that went well and some of them did, didn't go so well. And I am starting off, probably no surprise, uh, I scored 2,214 and slipped back uh, 2,007 spots to 17,153. Now, in terms of trades, it was a topsy-turvy affair. Um, I planned on no trades. Uh, then on do? Friday, as I said, yep, Parish. Uh, when you've only got two left, you generally plan on not making any trades. Uh, then uh, on Friday, we got news that Parish was out. So I was like, okay, Parish to Dawson uh, gives you some DPP swings. It'll be all yep. good. Then uh, Nank got injured and I was like, mm, probably shouldn't trade out Parish then because uh, I'll have to trade out Nank. Uh, so I decided to hold my trades, need to cover him. So in the end, I made no trades and it probably worked out that I didn't trade Dawson in. Uh, yes. But I have to say, I am considering going all out with just the two remaining. And <laughs> as I said, some injuries to contend with that just go out in a blaze of glory. Uh, just trade them all, see what happens. You like that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it on TikTok. There's a, there's a video of, of a cat at, at a poker table with like his owner and mates and like he pushes oh, all yeah. of his chips in and everyone's <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's all in. He's all in. He's all in. That's you. <laughs> yeah, that's what. I, that's exactly what I feel like right now. I'm just yeah. like, got to do something. Got to do something. Yeah. 
And then if I have no trades left, if people get injured, I'm like, oh, well, who cares? Yep. Didn't have any exactly. trades to fix it up anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like I'm wasting the two trades on players that aren't injured. So, yeah, anyway. it's true. Like, that's the other thing. I'm not just luxury upgrading and leaving myself with no trades. Anyway, on to the good. Uh, there were few and far between in my side this week, but I'll give Miller the nod with his score of 135. It was a very, very nice uh, to have just someone being reliable this week. In the bad, and this could have gone to a number of players this round, mm. but I have Toby Nankervis with his score of 37. Frustrating and obviously has that potential injury. Uh, of the PCL. I mean, by some reports, he's going to be playing this week. I don't know. Uh, I can't I can't see, see it, but let's see what happens. So score of 37 and an injury, not great news. And in the ugly, I've got, I feel like I've got three options here. Got three? Wow, yeah, three okay. options. Yep, yep, I like it. I think there's one that I'm really settling for, and I don't know whether mm, to give it I to Jai Caldwell for his tagging. Ben Rutten for the decision to finally tag or Lockie Neal for his abysmal effort. I think I'm going to go with Lockie Neal just because he's the only one in my side, so I probably should uh, should give it to Last him. man standing. Yeah, probably a bit harsh for the other two. Uh, but I know he was tagged unexpectedly, as we all as we all know, uh, but the lack of defensive efforts for me were his key issue. Mm. He laid just three tackles. When you're being tagged, you know, as we, as we always say, you control the controllables you can control the effort you put back in and that's tackles. Yep. Um, so his direct opponent in Jai Caldwell racked it up. He had more possession, more disposals than, than Neil did, kicked a goal and, and he only managed to lay the three tackles. I don't think it was good enough to be perfectly honest. Not good enough at all. Though yep. as a Don's fan, I was pretty happy that they actually did something. <laughs> so, you were like quietly like, yes, yeah, but bit no. Of a, bit of a roller coaster, to be honest. <laughs> in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you now know what Ron Burgundy felt like. No, I totally agree there. Like, and even like one of those three tackles, like we both, obviously yeah. you watched the game and I was watching, I tuned in at the right time to see, I think it was uh cockatoo. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Nakai cockatoo. Nakaya. Yep. Later tackle. And he was like, well, and truly there first and foremost. And then all of a sudden, you know how it always happens. Like Bont's a classic culprit of this. And this is how he gets like, you know, the easy sort of, Tackles registered, even though he was the second man to the tackle. Anyway, Nakaya took the player on, tackled him to the ground. Neil came in super late, should have been given to Cockatoo. And Neil was like waving his hand like, it's mine. That's my free kick. Yeah. And he ended up getting the free kick. And I'm like, mate, it's not yours. But he ended up getting the free kick. And I was like, yeah, consider I've got the captaincy on him. Any points. I'll take any points at this stage. <laughs> Heading on to Let's my week. So I uh, ended up scoring 2,374. Mm. Uh, overall ranking, uh, 3,790 I am now uh, into, up 289 spots overall. Um, so whilst the move wasn't really much, the main positive is, of course, that it's in the right direction. So I haven't slipped at least for the last, I think, I'm going to say five weeks now, I think, since nice. the buy or through the buys, uh, I've, I've kept it going, sort of that trajectory. So uh, moving in the right direction, even though, yeah, small small steps so at the moment, but um, going well. In terms of the trades, um, it was just a classic case of hold because I've only got three. I've only got three remaining, so I can't only. go only yeah. sounds good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you want to you want to uh, do a little bit of a side deal. Do a swap. Yeah. All right. Uh, how much you got? Uh, how much cash I'll you got? Give this, you, in I'll give cap? you. I'll give you. 
I'll give you, uh, I'll give you Neil. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've already got a Neil and, uh, and I don't think I need another Neil at this stage, considering what I'm about to say about him in my ugly. Um, (laughs) we'll get to that shortly, but in terms of the good, Brayshaw is in there with his 132 after finally, finally, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for so long for him to hit his scoring heights. And he finally did so because uh, I recruited him way back in round nine. And to his credit, he's been pretty consistent, but his ceiling has been lacking. Um, but of recent times, he has scored 135, 134 and 132. Uh, in fact, in three of the past four weeks. So absolutely brilliant return there mm. from Brayshaw and a bit of a smoky for the Brown though at this stage as well. So keep an eye on him going very, very well. In terms of the bad, I am going to uh, pinpoint a couple here. I could have actually put another one of these guys in the ugly because um, I am getting sick of mentioning their names, but we'll, uh, we'll group them all in here. So Crisp is, uh, is the first one becoming an absolute liability at this stage of the year alongside Cripper, the Halley Crypter. Not, uh, not good enough. Again, struggled. Um, and the man who has found himself in this category over the past few weeks, in short, he came good for once. So uh, he does earn a reprieve, but uh, mm. probably shouldn't have mentioned his, his, his name there because he is, he is off scot-free for this week. Um, but must mention, his clanger fest continues. Just clean up your disposal, mate. Stop rushing your kicks. Be a bit more Scott Pendlebury, you know, time and space, that sort of thing, and uh, your scores will skyrocket. So see how we go. But uh, moving on to the ugly. And this is a juicy ugly because, well, it's no surprise, but I'm going to say, I'm going to deliver a a big barb here. Neil, you absolute useless hobbit. I'm about to drag you to Mordor and throw you into the, into the, the the bubbling volcano along with the ring. Because at the moment you are not my precious. You are, you're not, you're not returning the dividends that we want especially as captain, not good enough, mate. Like, mm. honestly, like, I know it's probably a bit too harsh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Neil, please forgive me. But fancy not only getting tagged, but also being outplayed by Caldwell. Like Caldwell's a good, good player in his own right, but I didn't think he was much of a tagger. And to his credit, he actually did a real, real big number on Neil. So must say, Neil, you've cost me a good 36 points extra by not opting uh, for my backup choice of Laird. And I had that, that nagging feeling, you know, what you do like everyone, was going to jump on Neil because of his, you know, obviously favorable yeah. scoring history against the Dons. And part of me was saying, don't do it, put it on Laird. And the other half was saying, if you be stupid and you put it on Laird, you're going to miss out on a massive score, much like Oliver did the previous week against Adelaide. So, yeah, I mean, I probably was hedging my bets because a lot of the head-to-head opponents had Neil as captain except for those that were sneaky and, and put it on lead last second. But thankfully, I still came through with a win. But, yeah, it's just one of those things. So, Neil, not good enough, mate. But anyway, let's move on to our head-to-head. And it's becoming a little bit irrelevant at this stage, I think. And yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say <laughs> I'm gonna say more yeah. so because of the Supercoach gods. They've ruined it for us, our head-to-head matchup this season. They've absolutely smashed it. So at this stage, uh, I sit on 12 wins, 5 losses, and you are on five wins, 12 losses, and the point differential is at 8.17. So Supercoach guides have ruined it, absolutely ruined it for both of us. And it was uh, a nice little bit of a sideshow for us last year. And actually it was, it was really good because I came back from the, the clouds yeah. and it was, uh, yeah. it was good entertainment, but they've ruined it. So um, we'll see how we go anyway. Um, you're doing well anyway to hold on as, <laughs> as much as you are. You're clawing on for the uh, end of the year. There's six weeks to go. 
I'm interested to see how long you can hold on for. Maybe we can we can do like a little bit of a new segment for that. <laughs> <laughs> An update on how you're going. The survival of the business. <laughs> this week, uh, 14 of my players are injured. <laughs> <laughs> see how many players you can feel. I have no feel. trades left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Currently um, fielding... Uh, Fielding Tickle, who has not played for six weeks. Uh, <laughs> Hoping he's a late in miraculously. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone to Germany and had uh, calf blood injected into him. <laughs> he could be back. He could be back. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? Anywho, let's uh, let's move Ooh. on with the show because it is a big one. So there are some talking points to come out of the weekend. So let's move on and have a look at them in a little bit uh, closer fashion in the week that was. In the week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round. Yes, and the biggest talking point for the competition, just the whole competition, came in the form of a crazy decision by the Essendon's coaching staff to play a tagging role on Lockie Neal, limiting his scoring and ruining, ruining many a super coaches' weekend. Mine, I mean, I can't say it ruined my weekend. It's, 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 it's deflated, <laughs> deflated. Yeah, it deflated my weekend. I mean, it's hard when it's like against your team. So, like, it had the upside, I guess, in a sense. I mean, I would have loved Lockie Neal to have scored like 150, but then Essendon win. Yeah. So, like, that would have been best of both worlds. Yeah, the best of both worlds. But you know, you know what? You know what this is doing? I've just realized, like, what the super coach gods are doing. You know, you've got to try and think of the positives out of the negatives. And it's hard in your case, I know. But they I think they're helping build monk-like resilience and patience. And you could have easily have thrown in the towel like weeks ago and been like, stuff this, flip tables, you know, the old gif. But to your credit, you've kept going on. And you've just oh, I'm very like, close. you're just like running through brick wall, brick walls and whatever obstacles that they're throwing your way. So you're doing well. Don't worry. I'm gonna use my two trades this week. I'm just <laughs> oh okay yep but the patience will, will continue <laughs> <laughs> i'll patiently watch my team every week but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, i just no i might not i've got to see i've got to see thanks 50 50 but anyway yep. uh let's move on let's move on uh we also saw some injuries this week to clayton oliver darcy parish uh or didn't get injured but he was injured uh yep. toby nankervis i don't think there was anyone else off the top of my head, uh, but we'll chat about those three guys. They're probably the most three important ones in the next segment, which is the price is right. But before that, David. Yes. Before that. Yes. We uh, kind of went under the radar a bit. And Ooh. I think for good reason, because it isn't that much of an impact compared to the previous first um, iteration of it. And it is the DPP changes, uh, which have come into effect the second uh, for the season so far. And, this list is a short one, unlike the first. So considering, I guess, the quota or the criteria for this was that players need to have played 10 games before round 18. So it has restricted the number of players that have been given the DPP changes. So there were just 10 changes to uh, the DPP this week. And a majority majority of them uh, non-supercoach relevant. But the ones that were include, and they may surprise you, short, who gets... Def, uh, defender and uh, bench eligibility and crisp <laughs> defender and bench eligibility. <laughs> Sorry, that's I'm just reading reading up about my side. Just kidding, but they are sure heading that way. 
you see, if you're watching this, wait, where's the camera? If you're watching this short and crisp <laughs> and crips, you watch Ooh. yourself because I've got, I've got three trades and I'm not afraid to use them. Uh, anyway, so the main ones <laughs> that have been given DPP, uh, Himmelberg, who is now a defensive forward, Rowan Marshall, who is now a ruck forward and uh, Bra- uh, Hoff, Brady Hoff, is it, from uh, West uh, Coast? It's Brady Hoff. Uh, Brady Hoff, um, who is yeah. now a defensive midfielder. So uh, short and sweet, but hopefully that gives owners some much-needed flexibility and cover. Mm. But now it's time to jump into a regular segment, but with a new sting. Just update it, I think, because the old one was getting well, a bit old. So let's get to it. It is The Price is Right. My money don't jiggle, jiggle. It folds. I'd like to see you wiggle, wiggle. For sure. Maybe you want to dribble, dribble. You know, riding in my fear. You really have to see it. Six feet two in a compact. No slack. <laughs> you like that? You like that new intro? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love it, Very love good. it, love it. And the price is, the price is right. We run through the top five sell hold and wait options for this round of Super Coach. Uh, we'll chat about the pros and cons and who you should be considering trading in or out of your side this week. We'll kick off with the holds and I hope it's pretty obvious that you should be holding this guy. And it is yeah. Clayton Oliver, uh, mid-eligible, 711K, averaging 130.8 with a break-even of 120. Just, I didn't realise how much what his price actually was. And just, he's breaking from 120. You could go up in price. Yeah, oh. Exactly. It's insane. <laughs> anyway, so he uh, obviously injured on the weekend after an errant kick to the hand, courtesy of Joel Salwood, and he suffered a, a fractured thumb. Uh, he's likely, should likely only miss the one week, but if you ask him, he's not going to miss. He wants to play, uh, as I'm sure all good players do. Uh but I guess a nine-day break probably does help the possibility that he maybe plays. But probably, let's be honest, he probably only misses. He probably misses, and hopefully, only misses the one match. Uh, I wouldn't trade him out. Just rely on the bench cover where you can, because just how yeah. would you get him back in? Exactly at that <laughs> like, price tag that you just mentioned <laughs> from the top. Absolutely insane. It's like um, I know there'd be people out there who'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm going to trade him in. I'm going to downgrade him to a." I don't know, a Taranto and yeah. net like 300K yeah. or yeah, whatever, and then put it towards something else. But then like, yeah, how are you going to get it back in? So yeah, don't be silly. Uh, just just put the pig out to pasture or into the trough just to, you know, mm. feed him a little bit of off cuts and stuff and he'll be rolling in the mud and just, you know, he'll be getting jiggy with it, you know, and uh, he'll, he'll come back fitter and fatter than ever. The big old pink, sweaty pink pig. That's mm. him. Loves it. So, um, yep, definitely hold him. But uh, let's move on to the sell. And first up, we have uh, your boy, Darcy Parrish. Unfortunately, he's priced at 586.9K, averaging a 112.7 with a break-even of a whopping 178. And he is sit, set to miss another three weeks at least with a calf strain. Uh, but that does take him to round 21. So you'd expect him to probably uh, be put on ice, um, potentially given the state of Essendon season. So I'd be considering a trade out at the very least. Mm. Um, I think at this stage, considering that he has, like it's a compounding injury, it's like one that's come off the back of another one. Like it doesn't bode well. And he's not going to come back at full fitness, you'd think, like given that he's done it twice over now. So um, yeah, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, if you do have him, trade him out because you're not going to hold him for the last two rounds of the year. Yeah, definitely. I agree. That's probably what I'll do, but... I don't know if we've got two trades, but I think about it. 
<laughs> you might hold him. See, in your case, is is different though. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'll probably. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens. Maybe he'll come yeah. back next week. Never know. Ooh, Miraculous. Yeah. Miraculous recovery. I'll, I'll pray to the super coach gods for him. Yeah. Uh, I'll sacrifice someone. <laughs> Neil. <for> <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on to another sell option, and that is Toby Nankervis. Ruck eligible, 546.6K, uh, averaging 97.6 with a break even of 186. Now, there are mixed reports on what's the go with Nank the Tank. Uh, some reporting that he'll uh, might not even miss this week. I think mm. that might again be wishful thinking from Nank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did he walk out uh, of like the, the scanning clinic with a big smile on his face and that was, yeah. was reported? And you, you messaged yeah. me and you were like, oh my God, this is what my season's come to. I'm clinging onto the hope of a player walking out of a scanning clinic smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sums it up. So maybe, maybe he plays. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just obviously watch for teams to be named. Thankfully, uh, the, the first game of the round is on Friday night and he plays on the Saturday. So we're not going to get an extended bench. Um, so we should have a much better idea before the weekend. As a ruck, though, it's a bit awkward. If you obviously do have a Cameron, a Jackson, uh, English, I don't know if, if you had, uh, what's his name, but he's only just got his DPP status, um, Marshall. Uh, so probably doesn't really help you there. You can probably cover him for a few weeks, um, and that would be ideal. If not, as he sits in the ruck line where most don't have that cover, it's probably more beneficial to move him on uh, mm. and the likes of Wits, Darcy, even Gorn present as the best value. I mean, you had to get a little bit of extra cash out for Gorn, but yeah, I think, uh, I think those two are probably the best option um, for, for Toby Lankervis. Absolutely. Um, moving on to uh, another guy who I'm surprised has actually been um, <clears throat> as highly owned <clears throat> as he is, but had some good, start to the season uh, in terms of form. And it is Tom Green as a midfielder priced at 480.8K, averaging 102.9 with a break-even now of 133. So yes, he did start the season like a house on fire and he tunned up in the first six of seven games, but a struggle to recapture that early form from then on, tunning up in just three of the next nine games that followed with a few there that were close to tons, but just fell short. So he does have a limited ceiling and his five-game average over 91.6 and a three-game average of 79.7 further highlights that downward trend in form. So he did score a season-low 50 on the weekend, which saw his price drop to uh, or drop 24.5K. And according to Supercoach Gold, could drop a further 50K over the next two weeks in tough games against Brisbane and Carlton if his form doesn't improve. So he does present more so as a, I guess, luxury upgrade or sideways trade as an M8. So... You know, you'd only consider doing it if you can spare the trade, I think. But <clears throat> I think there's a few people I've seen on Twitter that do own him that are thinking of sideways-ing him. Um, and he probably does fall into that same category, probably to more of an extent than a, a creeps or a short because his mm. downward trend is uh, is going down. And uh, there's Hopper as well who's coming back. He came back through uh, the seconds for the Giants as well. So with him back into the team, uh, plays a similar style of game, could, uh, you know, I guess – leech points off green uh, or potentially midfield time as well. So keep that in mind with Tom Green. Yes, I agree there. I would, if you, if you do have the trades, I'd be uh, sideways and got upgrading 
um, him if you can. Uh, moving on to another giant, it's uh, Jacob Wirth, defensive eligible, 293.2K, averaging 62 with a break-even of 42. And the Giants youngster looked to have hit a wall on the weekend with a score of just 36 which was his lowest for the year. Well, you could still opt to hold him, given he has an achievable break even. Uh, if you are in the market to generate some cash, fire a downgrade, it might be the time, the right time to do it with uh, you know, Jace Burgoyne, uh, who's right for the picking as a defender midfielder. Uh, if you don't have enough trades to warrant a downgrade, he still presents as relatively solid defensive cover off the bench, but you could also downgrade him if you really don't need a, if you've got, you know, Massimo uh, D'Ambrosio, you could probably downgrade him to a, sort of a basement, a bargain basement non-playing option as well. Totally agree there. And let's move on to the buy category. And uh, there are a few here and probably more that we could mention, but I mean, there's too many to mention. And these are the guys that we've seen as, because we're assuming that a lot of people have already finished their teams or they're in the position where they're looking to just finish it. So finish like their midfield, defense, whatever, all those different areas. So first up, we have Callum Mills, and he is a midfielder priced at 575.3K, averaging a 119.2 with a break-even of 112. And after poor showings over the previous two weeks with scores of 86 and 85 by his standards, he returned to his old solid form with a score of 138 against the Dogs, which was very much built on a whopping 16 tackles. Absolutely Oof. insane. That's uh, that's Jack Steele type numbers, that. Mm. Um, by far and away, he's most for the year so far. And his price has dropped nearly 48K over the past three weeks and has officially bottomed out at his lowest price point all season. So he does present really good value, especially considering that he is currently the fourth highest scoring player overall with the fifth, fifth, sorry, fifth best average. Um, so... His quality speaks for itself, I think. If you're mm. after someone to really complete your midfield or alternatively, you do have a luxury trade in hand, bulk trades, uh, you could potentially upgrade uh, a Tom Green, for example, to a Callum Mills to really round out uh, your midfield. Definitely. I don't mind it. This is a pretty good price considering it has such a high ceiling as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's, that's nice to see. Moving on, we spoke about this guy in past episodes as well. It is Jack Steele. Obviously a midfielder, 549.8K, averaging 109.8 with a break-even of 104. And he's an obvious choice uh, for those looking for a midfielder. He hasn't really missed a beat since returning uh, with three consecutive tons. And you just know what you're going to get with Steelo. You get him in for that reliability. You get him in for that sort of solid floor. Um, And just that's it. That's why you get him in. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty much it. He speaks for itself. <laughs> well, we've spoken about him in, at length in previous episodes as well, so I don't want to uh, to labor the point too much. Yep, exactly right. Exactly right. People know that we absolutely love him. Uh, moving on, next option is Timmy Taranto, mid, al- mid and forward eligible, 441.1K with an average of uh, 93.4 and a break-even of 37 now, we spoke of him previously as one of our trade-in options at F6 for both of our sides, actually, mm. uh, when we both opted for uh, for Baker. And it's crazy mm. that someone averaging 93.4 is actually priced at so low, really. Mm. Yeah. He has scored 111 and 109 in his past two games and looks to have regained full fitness after battling a back injury for a number of weeks. And the only query is whether his role, you know, might change once Hopper returns to the Giants team. We saw last year how he was marooned forward almost exclusively 
and the spectre of this happening again looms in the background, so do keep that in mind. But also keep in mind that we're not talking about Luke, uh, sorry, uh, Luke Cameron? What's his name? Leon, Leon Cameron. Cameron, sorry. No, Leon he's, Cameron. He's, he's, he's very forgettable. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I do uh, I, I do support you there. I don't even know who he is anymore. Who Who's that bloke? I don't know. He's scrubbed from my memory. Had to, <laughs> had to purge him from my memory, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> either way, he does present as a really solid M9 F7 swing if you can afford it. He's a really good option there because you can loop him in and he covers obviously two parts of the ground if you do get an injury. Uh, so I quite like Timmy Taranto. Yep, very much so. And there's another guy who fits into this sort of category as a an M9. Uh, you can't really say F7 because he's not a DPP. It is Patrick Dangerfield uh, because he mm. is really good value, even cheaper than Taranto. As a midfielder, priced at 438.1K, averaging a 98.4 with a break-even of just 45. And he presents himself as, you know, that really interesting M9 luxury trade-in if you have excess trades up your sleeve, um, especially if you have another, if you've managed your team correctly and you have another player on your bench that you can potentially use as like a bit of a loophole non-playing player. So if Danger absolutely kills it, mm. you know, have a look at his score off the bench and then you could loop his, his score in potentially. Um, that's his ideally what you'd love to have him in for. But since returning from injury, Dangerfield has managed scores of 96 and 114 and has a relatively good run home as well, facing Carlton, Port, the Bulldogs, St Kilda, Gold Coast, and West Coast with three of those six games, also at GMHBA. So as we know, uh, at the Cattery, it's a bit of a fortress there. So uh, really, really, really good fixture there. And I guess, yeah, if he had DPP status, he'd be super ideal, but alas, we can't have it all. So <laughs> nonetheless, though, you've, you've got to think as well. And just on his score on the weekend, I think he kicked four behinds. He's not mm. the best kick for, for – it reminds me very much of a Paddy Cripps. Uh, he's kicking for goal can be absolutely Scheisenhausen unless it's on the run. Um, and if he converted at least half of those into goals, his score would be, you know, pushing the 130 mark. So danger, we all know what he's like. Um, getting on a bit in age now um, and durability as we know this season. But, yeah, really, really good value. So um, consider him as a bit of a left field option, but more so as that M9 option if you can afford it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now let's move on to the players on the bubble. And there is only one this week, and that is Jace Burgoyne, uh, defender mid-eligible, 117.3K, averaging 66.5 with a break-even of minus 65. He's the son of Peter Burgoyne, and he has kicked off his career very nicely with two solid games, returning a 65 and a 68, performing well enough to maintain his spot in the team. So he's a solid choice as a, a bench cover and more so as a downgrade option if you somehow still have enough trades to allow a downgrade, that is. He's performed really well. Good debut. Um, obviously, great pedigree. Uh, the son of Peter Burgoyne. <laughs> so um, get him in if you can afford it. Uh, like we mentioned, uh, Jacob Ware, if you do need a bit of cash um, and you can't afford to do it with, say, a, a D'Ambrosio alongside him, uh, he is the one to go for. But now, Liam, it's time for that segment where hopefully we'll redeem ourselves and a lot of us will redeem ourselves by putting the captaincy on Neil. Uh, what, what fools we are. Uh, we'll reconsider because there are other, other options and the segment is called Liam. I'm the Capitan. Now. Look at me. I'm the Captain. Now. 
yes, uh, we scrounged through the data and found the best options for your VC and C this weekend. And we do it every week and I'm the captain now. And as you mentioned, we did have a, I mean, I think everyone collectively generally had a bit of a stinker last round of you if you went for Neil, which I think most people were. The, the main meal as we, as we dubbed him <laughs> this week. Just, yeah, we should have, we should have, uh, we should have just left the table when we devoured our uh, the pig in the blanket. The pig in blanket. Yeah. No, we uh, decided that uh, we wanted the main meal and did. Uh, we yeah. should have sent it back to the kitchen. Let's be honest. <laughs> it was undercooked. It was cold. <laughs> it was putrid. So it was putrid. Yeah. It was like Gordon, like Gordon Ramsay. What are you? An idiot sandwich. That's Neil. That's what we're saying to Neil. What are you? An idiot sandwich. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's how it felt. Uh, but let's jump in. All right. First up. In the first game of the round on Friday at 7.50 against St Kilda, we've got Jack McRae. He has an average of 120.75 over his last four against the Saints with scores of 149, 93, 120 and 121. But he hasn't been scoring like what we're used to with uh, with the old Jack McRae. And with uh, Baz Lenka set to return from suspension, what effect does that have on our normally ever-reliable McRae? Mm, that's very true. I forgot all about Baz Lenka. He's been I think it's in his the, round, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Was it four four weeks? Yeah, it was four weeks. Yeah, so it was just this round. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I've lost track. I've even forgot that he existed, um, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> which is funny because I was actually thinking about getting him in Trading before in. he mm. stuffed up. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I, I might have to change my <laughs> my VC in that case there because I was thinking about McRae. So something to think about. But another option is the ever-reliable, I'm going to call him, mm-hmm. Rory Laird. And he was that uh, alternative option for myself, uh, apart from Neil. And he faces the Pies on Saturday at 145. And he's averaged 133.75 in his last four games against the Pies with scores of 144, 185, a 77, and a 129. And just racks up the pill at will. Poet didn't know it. And, um, yeah, he's super solid. I don't know what else to say. He's... Um, He's reliable. He's got that relatively high ceiling, high floor. You know what I'm going to entice you with? Oh, Collingwood, Collingwood give away the most points to inside midfielders. Oh, my. Oh, my. Because I'm pretty sure that Hawthorne was the second or third. Yeah, Hawthorne was second. Yep. Yep. And he scored, what, 124, 25 from memory? Uh, they about 125 on the dot, yeah. Um, so, wow. If you can score around that. Um, yeah, mm. so you just wouldn't be taken. I mean, considering that P in the blanket isn't around this round, um, you'd think so. Mm, something to think about. I like it. I like that. I like it. I like it quite a lot, to be honest. Now, I moving like on to the, uh, not the same game, but at the same time uh, against GWS on Saturday at 1.45, it is Lucky Neil. Lucky. The side dish. No longer the main meal. <laughs> he's, you know what he is? He, he is like the guy at the, uh, not the guy, he's, he's the meal at an all-you-can-eat. Not not a pizza hut all-you-can-eat, but like, you know, one of those dingy all-you-can-eats that you can go there and they've got different platters of food that's just been sitting there for hours on end. That's what he is. He's been downgraded to that. Yeah, I'm feeling <laughs> that. He's like I'm the side that. salad. Yeah, yes, the side salad. No one wants a side salad. You just want extra chips. Yeah. Just Bonnie, get out of here. Palmer. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. but, you know couple of pieces of tomato, a couple of yep. shitty pieces of lettuce. Yeah, no dressing as well. So it's just like... No dressing, oh, yeah. It's just, yeah, just, some grated carrot. Just rabbit food. Yeah. <laughs> Complete rabbit exactly. food. Exactly. I mean, that's if he actually turns up on the night. I've heard he's still in mm. uh, in Caldwell's pocket. 
Brilliant. That's very good by you. That's Sorry. that's crisp. Sorry, Lucky. Very crisp. Sorry, Lucky. Anyway, moving on. Uh, he has an average of 121.75 in his last four against the Giants with scores of 164, 87, 151, and 85. So he's on track for an 89, I want to say. Yeah, he's uh, back. But that 164 did come from earlier this year. So he, he does have does have a good record, but oh. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm in burnt and I don't want to, yep. I can't take it straight away. Exactly. I can't go back. That's what we said about uh, Neil against the Dons. Oh, he's got a 193 or whatever it was earlier mm. in the year. Oh, we'll get on him again. Now, surely like coaches now see the impact. And I don't know why it takes like three quarters of the season for teams to work out to tag like the opposition's best midfielder or best player in this case, like in Brisbane's lineup. Because it happened with Darcy Parrish virtually the same time last year where teams worked out, like, okay, we'll tag him. Then they worked out that he was susceptible. And then from then on, he was like tagged. And then just teams have forgotten. They got like short-term memory loss or something. It's really weird. But yeah, I'm, I'm a bit cautious about, uh, about the uh, side salad for now. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to another option and probably more so left field, but in good form. Mm. Stephen Canilio, who faces Brisbane on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. And um, he's averaged 119.25 in his last four games against the Lions with scores of 85, 141, a 158, and a 93. So again, more of a pot option, but good form and could repay you if you show him the faith. So uh, keep him in mind. I'm just looking quickly, sorry, while we're here, at the scores last week in the Essendon-Brisbane game. And, I mean, Merritt scored 147, Caldwell scored 121. I'm looking just at um, sort of midfielders. Uh, Shield 97. Like, there's a good chance that Cogs could go big, mm. I reckon. Um, yep. But equally, um, you never know, Brisbane could come out absolutely breathing fire as well. Mm. <sighs> Cogs is a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a risky option. Um, and plays, oh, second game, second game of the round, so not too bad. Uh, but anyway, yeah. moving on, we've got Sam Doherty against Geelong on Saturday night at 7.25 from your mob, obviously, averaging 107.25 in his last four against the Cats with scores of 122, 102, 121, and 84. Now, he hasn't played them since 2020, and that fourth score, that 84, that comes from all the way back in 2015. So it's probably a bit hard to read too much into his form line. Uh, against the against the the cats, uh, but his form in recent weeks has been a little bit down. I want to say I know he scored pretty well on the weekend, uh, but he mm. two of his last three scores have been sub 100, but three of his last five have been above 125. So it's a bit of a mixed bag of wallies there. Um, mm. oh, it's hard, it's hard. But I think this round actually is quite mm. a tough one for VC and C options in actual fact. Yeah, very much so. And uh, just having a look at Geelong, I think they're pretty hard to score against in terms of defence. Yes, they are. Um, oh, pretty average, I think. They're not um, sort of wing. Not the worst, oh, not maybe the not. Yeah. yeah. Sort of uh, running defenders, wing defenders um, or attacking defenders, which sort of he fits the mould. They're actually giving up the second most points mm, at the moment. So potentially off the back of that, uh, could bode well for Dockers. Um so, yeah, again, a pod option. Yeah, well, um, I suppose Brayshaw, Brayshaw scored 102 against them on the weekend, so not, not too bad. Yep. Yeah, um, so um, 
Yeah, keep them in mind. Nice little pod. I like that. Um, but moving on to uh, that man, uh, Andrew Brayshaw. Um, or oh, sorry, different different Brayshaw. Um, his brother, Andrew Brayshaw, plays Sydney uh, on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. And he's averaged 99 in his last four games against the Swans with scores of 109, 122, 116, and a 49. But the 49 came in his debut season, so you can cut him some slack there. And it's actually his third best average averaging team, uh, the Swans. Mm. So uh, again, another tick and three of his last four scores this season have been 130 plus another tick. So he's in the form of his career at the moment. I'm going to make that big call and I'm going to say he's going to come out unless they put a bit of time into him because he's he's one player I've noticed that if he gets a little bit of attention, he's a bit susceptible. So hopefully the Swans don't uh, roll with a run with player like a I don't know who they've got. Warner, he's not really a run with player anymore, but. No, but mm, who else would you play? Clark, but he's yeah, sort of played more played. back line. Mm. Yeah. But if they do let him roam free, he could be one to really um, come alive. So mm. keep him in mind. I like him. Yeah, I like that. I like that pick as well um, for your VC. Oh, sorry, for your VC. Uh, moving on in the same game, we've got Callum Mills, obviously on the opposite side against Freo on Saturday at 7.30. He's averaged 99.25 in his last four against the Dockers with scores of 122, 86, 97 and 92. Uh, and he hit back into some form on the weekend after two consecutive scores of sub 100 and he hit back with that 138. He has a high ceiling, so is one to consider, but probably a little bit more of a risky option. Um but it's hard to, uh, again, it's, it's a, it's a tough week, I think for VC and C options. So it's maybe worth taking the risk. Yep. Yeah. It is like that, isn't it? Like without the, the pig in the blanket there, um, providing mm. that security blanket um, like that. And uh, like yeah, it. I mean, it's like, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it might be, it might be the time for a bit of a left field uh, captain option. So yeah, keep yeah. in mind. Um, probably not too left field. I mean, because he is a, a big name um, and he did score well on the weekend. But yeah, I mean, the later the games get, um, the more pod they become. Because I think a lot of people try and go for VCs at least earlier in the week. Um, so yeah, good uh, good C option nonetheless. So mm-hmm. check him out. Another good option is Tuk Tuk Miller, the running man who faces uh, your mob in Essendon on Sunday at 4.40 p.m. And he's averaged 97.75 in his last four games against the Dons with scores of 103, 65, 134, and an 89. But conversely, his recent scoring is more favorable because it reads like this, 135, 153, 101, 100, and 167. But geez, this is like a roller coaster of emotions here because let me just outweigh that or weigh it up <laughs> against the fact that Caldwell, who is... Still got uh, Neil in his pocket, like you said. He could mm. potentially get a second consecutive run with roll after the number that he did on Neil. So could it happen? Does he have the does he have the endurance? That's the thing, because I think Tukmiller's an incredibly different player to Neil. Neil yeah. the strength of his game is his stoppage work, getting contested ball, cut that off, and he's a hobbit. Whereas with Tukmiller. You have to run with him all game. He reminds me so much of a Dane Swan. Just keeps running, running, running from contest to contest. His work rate is through the roof. Can call more mm. match it. Probably at the contest, but then after the contest disperses, the work around the ground for Miller is another sort of strength to 
or you know, string to his bow. Yeah, I'm less worried about it because Miller's also probably more of a tackler than than Neil is. Yeah, defensively. Um, yep. So I think defensively, if he does get tagged, he can at least go defensive. Um, so I'm not as worried about it. Um, yeah, I don't think it's as big a concern to be honest. Um, yep. But you know what? He also plays in the last game, so you can't put the C Ooh. on him because no one does that apparently. Yeah, exactly. Actually, we're going to do it this week. I'm I think do last week. week Last week we mentioned Sammy Walsh, my boy, who didn't yeah. go too well. So if you went for him, you would have been disappointed. I think he scored about an 88 from memory, so mm. not too good. But, yes, maybe do it. Took, took mm-hmm. Miller. Like, he was traditionally a tagger, so surely he yeah. knows. He's got the inside sort of word, yeah, inside yeah, knowledge yeah. on sort of the tactics that taggers use. Maybe he just gives a bit of a rib tickler, like at the contest when the umpire's looking away, get off mm. me type thing, be more physical. Um, it's uh, um, it's like full circle for him. It's like yeah, he's now the being tagged. The tagger has become the tagged uh, potentially. <laughs> I mean, we don't know if he's going to be tagged yet. But anyway, yeah. let's move on to some honourable mentions. Uh, first up, it is Jack Steele, and he's a bit of a pot option uh, in just ten percent of teams. And you'd expect that that's probably inflated just by some ghost shippers. Uh, but he faces the Bulldogs and he hasn't really missed a trick. He hasn't had a massive score in the last two or three weeks, uh, but he does present as a juicy option for a VC on a Friday night, especially as a bit more of a pod um, in terms of captaincy as well. Mm, yeah, I like it. Mm. He's good. Um, we're big raps for him. We've, we've spoken about him ad nauseum. Um, and yeah, he's sort of a not really a risky captaincy pick at all. Um, but considering that he does play on the Friday night, even more so as the VC. So I like it. Another option that I do like, which is, I guess, a pot option now because a lot of people traded him out um, when he got injured and he is Maxi Gorn. Uh, he sits in 19% of teams, but you'd expect some of those to be, you know, ghost shippers again. So he managed a score of 98 in his return from injury against Stanley, who has a negating effect on rucks generally. So he did relatively well considering that and first mm-hmm. game back. But this week, you know who he faces? He's going into Port Adelaide's uh, Port Adelaide's rooms, <laughs> opening up the uh, the broomstick cupboard. Look what's there! His opponent, Ooh, the broomstick, because that's who he's facing this weekend, and he could be in for a big one. Going on past form, um, who's faced him? Uh, Darcy has faced him. Wits has faced the broomstick. This is literally a broomstick we're talking about yeah. here. It's not a not a um, not a nickname for any ruckman, um, or it's a, it's a nickname for the stand-in, whoever it is, Finlayson or whatever. But yeah, he's um. He's gonna he's gonna be in for a big one, I think. Yeah, and Port give away the fourth most points to Rucks. So mm. Mm, mm. interesting. I like it. Yeah. And another one I'm actually gonna throw in there. Sydney yep. give away the most points to Rucks. So Sean Darcy could be in for a big one as Ooh. well. Ooh. Mm, I haven't looked yeah. at his actually that's a really good point. That's a really good point. That's off the cuff. That see, this is the inside knowledge that you get. From, from Liam here, my co-host. We actually don't have him have him written into our run sheet, but good memory because Laddams went down with uh, a broken finger, broken thumb, I think it was, or something of the like, going for surgery and he's not going to play mm. this week and going to be out for a number Hickey, of weeks now. Hickey was just sick, I think, was laid out through sickness off memory. Yes. Um, but if he comes back, could be underdone. And if yeah. Hickey doesn't come back because he's been in and out of the team like crazy, they played, I think it was Sam Reed as a bit of a stand-in and, uh, you know, obviously not a first-choice Ruckman. So he could be in for a big one. Mm, I like yes. it, Liam. I like it. 
Yes, yes, yes. So that's another another bit of an option. Uh, and the last option I'll give you is Zach Merritt. He's another pod sitting at just 7.8% ownership. And he has absolutely rocketed his scores in his last two games, uh, scoring 140 and 147. He's another nice option, albeit playing in the last game of the round. And we all know what that means. You, you're just not allowed to put the fee on it. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. All right. What are we doing? Um, what are you doing? Do you know Laird. what you're doing? Yeah, yep. Laird. Laird VC? Laird, Laird? Laird VC. Laird yep. VC. And it just depends if I make some trades or not. Mm. If I make some trades, it might change, but probably Miller as my C. I'm going to go with the last game of the round. I'm going to take Ooh. the risk. I like it. I actually like that. Um, good one. Good one. He's got a relatively high floor, um, does Tuk Tuk. So at least you're kind mm. of hedging your bets there. He's very similar in a sense to Laird with his scoring, high floor, high ceiling. So both of the guys, VC and C, I like it. Um, yeah. For myself, I was initially thinking McCray into Laird, but you've reminded me that uh, Bazlenka may be back, which mm. could impact him. Um, so, yeah, it was going to be McCray into Laird, but uh, I've written down here like an idiot Laird into Neil, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> Because it's a case of, uh, you know, once bitten, twice shy. Um, and yeah, yeah I wonder if the Giants... Brayshaw? Mm. Yeah, he'll factor in. I think at this stage, VC Laird. Um, yeah. And then set the benchmark score, lock it in if he scores well enough. If he doesn't, I'm going to toss it up between, yes, Brayshaw and the running man, Tuk Tuk Miller. What about Darcy as well? <laughs> I'm just going to add... Keep throwing things at you. <laughs> You're making it more complicated, Lamb. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you, but Darcy's another sorry. good one. But what about the broomstick? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you I'm trade him with one of your three? With one of your three <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yep. No, but uh, probably yes. Laird into Brayshaw or mm-hmm. Tuk Tuk. I like it, but that'll yeah, probably fair. change. I like it probably change but. i like it i like yep. it well now Lem, it is time to usher in our special guest very very <laughs> special guest who many of our listeners and viewers would already be familiar with as he joins mm. us in a nice bit of a super coach dpp crossover uh you might say which we figure is probably an appropriate time considering the um second round of dpp <laughs> announcements so it's one of the smoothest operators i'm going to call him in the land in super coach with DR. Well, uh, DR, thanks for joining us, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. And um, now I'm sure many would already be familiar with the fine work that you do on your Supercoach, uh, sorry, YouTube channel, and of course on Twitter for the Supercoach community in general. But for those in the minority who aren't familiar with your work, how long have you been playing Supercoach for? And uh, give a nice little plug as well for your channel whilst you're at it. Uh, you're, you're, as I've said before, mate, before, you're absolutely too kind. But thanks very much for having me on first, fellas. I've been really looking forward to having a chat with you blokes and obviously love your content each week. It's a weekly ritual for me, tuning in and listening to all the banter and the opinions and, and good fun. So thanks for having me on firstly, guys. But look, I've been playing, I'm pretty sure, since the first or second year. I was back in uni doing my teaching degree and um, very quickly I just got absolutely addicted to the game and um, started off sort of in the Supercoach Tour community, got to know a few people there. They really started to help me out. And then sort of in the last three years, I got encouraged to maybe put a bit of content out myself, a little bit nerve wracking at the start. You think, geez, if I can get 10 views, maybe I'll go all right here. 
but um, yeah, channel grew pretty quickly, which is really great. Um, made a really good community now full of great people. And um, yeah, obviously do the weekly round reviews as well as the stock market each week. We go through all the break-evens, the best trading, trade-outs. Uh, but don't always follow my advice. I've absolutely butchered some picks this year. So uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But uh, exactly. yeah, that's a bit of a, I suppose, a, a very short and quick background uh, of my experience, mate, anyway. How's, how's season 2022 gone? Uh, are you tracking overall in terms of your team? Um, oh, sorry, overall, in terms of overall. And how's your team shaping up structurally, ranking-wise? And uh, if you want to share how many trades you have remaining. <laughs> yeah, no, more, more than happy, mate. Well, look, it's uh, well, I finished in the top uh, 200 last year. So that was a, mm, wow. a pretty decent nice. finish this year. Currently at 2,090 something, I think. Oh, so I lost about 49, 50 spots this week. Um, the big fella, the big nank. I know you share my, <laughs> my pain, unfortunately, yeah. mate. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, that, that one hurt <sighs> this week. But um, look, yeah, the team overall uh, isn't tracking too bad, but I feel like I'm missing a couple of must-haves. So the first one's Rory Laird. He's been smashing me in the midfield. And the other one's Jordan Dawson down back. Mm. I just, mm. I can't watch Adelaide games at the moment. I just can't do it. It's, so <laughs> it's like a dagger to my heart. At least last week, you know, Laird got a, what was a 120 odd, Dawson only 80 odd. So the pain was eased a little bit last week, but they've been killing me. But uh, look, a couple of blokes I was worried about, like Zeret, he's all of a sudden pulled one out after mm. a couple of you know, an 80 and a 90, which has really been nice. And I think we're unlucky is I've got some decent cover. So I've got Paddy McCartan at swing between my defence and my forward for cover, along with Wade Dirks. And so that was a bit of a strategic move that I made around the buys. Uh, I thought I'm going to keep on to McCartan just in case there's carnage. And he's one mm. of those really reliable picks. If you look at all the rookies, mm. apart from some, maybe like a Dacos who's been bloody terrific yeah. all, all, all season. Um, I think he's probably the next bloke in line that provides you the best cover. And given the fact I can do it on a couple of lines, I feel a little bit safer there. I've got the five trades remaining in the bank with about 20K. So Nank I'll probably have to fix this week. And then mm. I've, I've got four more and I'm just keeping them for injuries, I think, at this stage, mate. But look, tracking all right. If I can make the top 1K somehow, fingers crossed, not too sure how. But if I can, I think that'll be a pretty good achievement. Um, but look, where will I finish? I'm not too sure. But just keep on tracking, mate, and uh, do the best I can, I think. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And uh, yeah, probably uh, applies to Liam somewhat yeah. if you've got any trades left after this I week. <laughs> I may not. I may not. <laughs> Maybe running a bit dry. I said, said uh, this, this, near the start of the show that uh, he's virtually about to jump out into the uh, the curb, put his hat down and uh, hold a sign that says, we'll drop pans for extra trades because he's, uh, <laughs> he's he's getting that way. He's going to have to do every, anything possible to get some extra trades. Yeah. Um, oh, what, but, what you wouldn't go to. Uh, <laughs> length, yeah. we, 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 won't, we, we won't get this X-rated, but uh, <laughs> we'd be prepared to do many things, wouldn't you, for a trade here and there, if you love the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gets a, bit, uh, gets a bit desperate. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a bit desperate towards the uh, yeah. latter part of the year, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, we always ask uh, our guests that we have on uh, for a bit of a, I guess, a reflection on some of mm. uh, your proudest trades to date. And conversely, whether there are any, I guess, sliding doors moments for yourself, whether it was holding onto a player for longer than what you'd hoped or whether it was trading out a player too early or um, hopefully, you know, I guess someone that you were targeting but wasn't able to get in that now, like Laird that you mentioned and Dawson, are there any sort of things looking back retrospectively that you're proud of but also thought, oh, I wish, wish I'd changed that? Yeah, well, look, probably the, the two major ones that stand out that, that have really hurt me 
is trading at Cogs, but Pori's two really, really big scores. It was de- the decision mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. trading at Cogs and Nick Martin at that stage. Because I thought, look, he was coming off a really low score. I think it was Cameron's last game in charge. And there was the argument for keeping him, you know, new coach, may get back into that midfield role, which is more favourable, obviously, obviously for super coach. Or else, on the other side, it could have just continued on. And I played the break-even game there, decided to trade out Cogs over Nick Martin. And that one really, really hurt because Cogs went bang. Martin gave a bit of a stinker the night to trade Martin out the next week anyway. So that one really hurt. And the other one was probably trading out Nick Dacos just before the buys. And (laughs) it was a crazy one because I'd advise to everyone else, keep this bloke, keep onto this bloke because he'll be great coverage during the buys. And don't get me wrong, I didn't think he'd come out and absolutely dominate. If I did, (laughs) I would have kept onto the bugger. (laughs) That was a bit of a sliding doors moment as well because – the, some of the cover that I expected to have during the buys, like many people, your Carols, Riolis, mm. Connor McDonald's, mm. you know, the, the list just goes on, doesn't it? Yeah. Mitch Owens was another one, just didn't pull through. And so I got a little bit desperate there and missing out on him being on field for those two crucial buys and giving some pretty decent scores. That's another one that did hurt me, I think, a little yeah. bit, mate. So they're probably the two, mm. yeah, ones that stand out that weren't great, but um, look, getting Jared Witts in, I think at 380K before the price rise, I think that was a really, really big win. That one there, starting with George Hewitt, starting with Will Brody and a couple of these players, I think they were really big wins as well. I got Sicily in before he started going nuts. I realised I'd probably missed a player here that was still at good value, got him under 500K. So that really set me in good stead. I think I jumped on Sinclair, I think right at the right time, just before his biggest score as well. So look, I've made some okay moves, but um, like everyone, I think, mate, you can never have the perfect season. Can you? In hindsight, hindsight can be a wonderful thing, can't it? (laughs) But um, yeah, they're probably the the things that stand out to me the most. And also pretty proud that I've managed to keep on to McCartan as cover, mm. as I mentioned before, mm. I think he'll be a really important piece to the puzzle towards the end of the season. And um, yeah, with the carnage that we may see, yeah. you know, I look back to last year and it was pretty dire towards the end of the season. Hopefully having a few extra trades in the bank will be nice yeah. as well. So uh, yeah, missing a few, yeah, really nice players, but a few trades in the bank, it's nice to have a bit of security. Yeah, yeah nice. definitely. Now, as we've sort of already mentioned, I know we share a bit of a conundrum uh, heading into round 18 as I too oh. am, am the unfortunate owner of uh, one Toby Nankervis, uh, like like yourself. What's your advice for for those of us that do have him and, you know, are you going to trade him? Um, at what point do you trade him and who do you trade him to? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it, mate? Because news has actually come out today that uh, he, he may even get up this week. Now, mm. he's doubtful, apparently, um, in their view. So I highly doubt that he actually does yeah. get up. But I think sort of best case scenario is he probably misses a week and then comes back the next week. So you ask yourself, are you prepared to let him sit in the pine for a week or do you need to trade him straight out? And it's a tough decision. It de- obviously depends on how many trades you've got in the bank, if you've got cover. So if you've got a Cameron Jackson English cover, then you could do it. Yep. But what my concern is the fact that these break-evens are around the 180 mark, I think, from memory, about 186. So if you don't jump mm. off this week, then your options are going to be limited if you do want to jump off the week after. You know, if yeah. he does play this week for some reason, I don't expect a decent score. And with that high break-even, and if you're playing the money game, if you decide to yourself, yeah. well, actually, I've had another week just to look at him. He just doesn't look right. I want to get out of this pick. It's probably too late because the options that you're looking at 
are those ones that are real hope and a prayer. You know, <laughs> there's just no decent options that are going to be available at the price. So my advice is um, trade them out this week. If you've got, let's just say, two or more trades, I think, or maybe three trades. It's a really tough one, isn't it? Because yeah. if he's only out for a couple and you're really desperate and you got cover, it, it's still okay to hold on to him. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But if the pick goes bad, my main concern is that it's going to be really hard to get out of. There's no option. So if you haven't got Jared Witts, you can get up to him. Um, I think he's, what, 10, 15K more than that. Yeah, I think most of the competition have got him. Um, Shrek Darcy is another one who I think is a decent sort of a pod that you should be able to afford. Goldie, I was considering, but after the 50-odd the week before last, it gets me mm. thinking. But at the same time, I think Cherry's out for the season. I don't really rate Coleman Jones as the best Ruckman going mm. around, although I think he did start the first CBA last week, which is a little bit of a concern for, for Goldie owners. So my advice is if you can, definitely get out of the pick. But if you're absolutely desperate, you maybe got one trade in the bank then you may be forced just to hold on if you've got a little bit of cover. But uh, I know Samson Ryan uh, that's coming in, well, if Nank doesn't get up from the VFL, he's got a couple of 100-plus fantasy scores in the last month as, long as, as well as an 80. So I think he's in decent form. So I think they can trust him possibly even for just the one week um, yeah. to come into the side. So if I was Richmond, I wouldn't necessarily risk Nank this week because he's mm. going to be an important part of their puzzle, hopefully if they play finals this year, the big boys. So, uh, yeah, if you can trade, but, um, yeah, if you got to hold, you've got to hold, I suppose. Yeah, mate. yep. Yeah, <laughs> I think definitely. land in that camp. I'll <laughs> yeah. just go for broke and just use all your trades. I think I'm going to go, yeah, I'm probably <laughs> just going to go for broke, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just all in. He's just pushing all the chips in. Yeah, <laughs> He's got go. all in. <laughs> we said There's not many chips. Yeah, not many chips. <laughs> the two chips left. He's going all in. <laughs> Big spender. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I guess at this stage of the year, and you know, you spoke of it, you touched on it just before as well, just in terms of the value that you place on trades, because as you know, it happens every single year. As, as much as we, we try to deny it, uh, it's inevitable that players are going to get injured, but also the specter of COVID and, and your own mob in, in uh, the Lions on the weekend, you saw firsthand what COVID can do to decimate a side. And it's just lucky that it didn't hit the likes of, you know, a Lockie Neal, um, Jared Lyons, all those sort of guys. So how much, I guess, as a roundabout way, how much value do you place on trades at this time of year? Like, are you, or at what sort of what stage of the year, um, if you do have trades up your sleeve, are you thinking, oh, I might be able to use a trade as a bit of a sideways luxury trade on, say, a, a short or a crisp or whatnot? And at what point are you thinking, no, I've got to sit on my trades? It's interesting you ask that because I was having a big conversation with Spills on the weekend and I was in this situation, this before Nank went down. So five trades in the bank mm. and I really am tempted to get out of someone like a Paddy Cripps or a Jaden yep. Short or a Crisp. So they're the three blokes that are in my side at the moment that are a bit of a thorn to me, mm. just not going too well and blokes I would love to move on in an ideal scenario. So I was in the situation where I could have downgraded Greg Clark to a rookie and then upgraded Crips to Rory Laird last week. I thought Laird playing Hawthorne, you know, everything's looking likely for another massive score here. But then I saw, thought to myself, well, that will take me down to three trades. What do we got? Six rounds left in the season. Yep. I think it is yeah. now. I This was right at the start of the round, obviously. I didn't know if I was going to cop an injury, and I did, obviously, with Nank. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to hold off. As tempting as it is to get those on-field points now, how 
shattered would I be if I did waste those two trades? Then I cop three injuries in really quick succession. I'm forced to trade out some of these, just say if they're uber elite type picks and medium to long-term injuries, left with no trades. How would I be feeling then? So I need to weigh up the on-field points now versus some possible carnage later on in the season. And I think that I can get a bit of an advantage if I can hold on to a couple of trades up my sleeve, maybe even with two weeks to go. By then, I assume that most teams that are, you know, a decent rank, let's just say the top 5K, are most likely out of trades by then. That would be my guess anyway, just sort of sniffing around Twitter, looking at teams, how many have you got left? Unless you're in an absolute ideal situation or scenario, I don't think that there'll be many top-ranked teams that will have trades at that stage. So my sort of plan is or my hope is that if I can keep on to a couple, even for the last two weeks, I could even have a couple of hundred points advantage here if a couple of these top-ranked teams have to cop a donut or two, if there's absolute carnage, players getting rested. We just don't know what's going to happen. And you look at lessons learned. My lessons learned last year was to make sure I leave myself with a decent bank of trades because I had so many players go out from Dusty to Langford to, I can't even remember. I've put the bad memories aside, you know. Yeah, you know. Fresh memories, yeah. (laughs) So I don't want to think about it, mate. You're taking me back to a dark, dark place here. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's sort of my philosophy, mate. I'm always a bit of a safer type player mm. and sometimes that works out well and sometimes it doesn't. If you hold on to a player too long or a rookie too long, you're just bleeding, bleeding, looking for, you know, every dollar that you can make. Other players that jump the gun before you and take a more so, sort of proactive approach at times can actually get a bit of an advantage. But uh, for me, like based on previous sort of seasons, the safer approach has worked a little bit better, I think. But again, just my philosophy and, um, yeah, who knows where I'll finish this season. We'll just have to see. But hoping to get a bit of an advantage by keeping some trades in the bank. And my advice would be I think you're safe enough if you've got possibly three trades left, maybe with six rounds, because that's an injury trade every two rounds. So mm. I think you're yep. sort of safe there. But if you're in that situation, I wouldn't be luxury trading yet. I'll be waiting for at least two, three weeks to go and maybe look mm. to do it then. But, look, the super coach gods could be kind. you couldn't cop any injuries and then you're kicking yourself and going, well, why didn't I go earlier? Why didn't I go earlier? But I suppose it's, yeah, that insurance type scenario. I'd look at it as insurance. That's the best way that I could, I suppose, describe it, mate. Yeah. Awesome. No worries. Well, yeah, Liam, you've uh, got another question. Yeah. Just a last one, I guess. Uh, For those that, I guess, you know, some people have finished their sides. uh, What advice would you give them? Um, You know, is it, is it focusing more on uh, sort of, your F, you know, F7, M9, uh, D7 players, is it looking for DPP? What, what what would you sort of be looking at there? Well, I think DPP is absolute king, absolute king. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky and, and it's all about your planning, but I've got Rioli as a mid-forward in my, in my midfield and most of my premium forwards, I think, have all got DPP status. So that's a really easy switch there. Mm. And I've also got Paddy McCartan as that piece as well. So going from yeah. defence to forward as well. Um, in saying that, I've got D'Ambrosio, who has been good cover. I'm not sure if he's going to be out this week. You're an Essendon man. Lee, how's he looking, mate? You know, was it a corky? Was it? Apparently a bad corky, but a corky, a yes. Corky. He did come back on, so hopefully it was just sort of being more cautious after uh, Parish. Uh, Parish, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, fingers crossed it. And I've got bloody roses as well. How's that? He goes, mm. minus eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
He was another one that was missing during the buys for I think he was health yeah. and safety protocol. Yeah. Thought, hey, it may have been a godsend now. May have actually lost me points during the buys <laughs> by having Rose's on. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe that was a bullet dodged him uh, having COVID. The poor bugger. But um, look, in regards to do you focus on? You know, you, you, I suppose that cover those, those loops. Ideally, if you've got someone, um, I know a couple of people went like JD went like a Jake Stringer a couple of weeks ago as that cover type pick. If you've got someone like a Day Cost, that's absolutely ideal. But I'd just probably leave those trades in the bank. So rather than waste those trades on a cover pick, I'd probably just leave them in the bank. And then if you've got a premium injury, just maybe use that trade for that premium and hope that you don't cop too many mm. others. So it's great to have cover. But ideally, you've probably, you, well, hopefully you've already planned to have particular cover like a whoever, like McCartney, whoever you can afford to keep on to. So ideally, you should have planned for that. Um, and I'd be focusing more on trying to improve your on-field side and mm-hmm. trade out a premium rather than sort of muck around too much with, with a cover type pick. But if you do have yeah. a few trades in the bank and you're able to do it, I think it's a great idea if you've got that luxury. I think it's fantastic if you can but I'd prioritise holding him for those real uber elite type injuries. Because at the end of the day, if you've wasted a trade getting one of these sort of mid-price picks in that could cover, you get to your last couple of rounds, you've got no trades left and the Lockie Neal goes down. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of that cover coming on, you could just trade out Lockie Neal and get yeah. Laird or, or whoever or whoever you want. Again, just my philosophy. But, um, yeah, that's probably the best advice I'd probably give on that one, I reckon, Liam. Yeah, no, nice. I... I like it. I like it a yep. lot. Geez, you've uh, as you were, as you were sort of rolling through your your gems of wisdom there. I was just thinking in my own head. I'm like, because I'm always weighing up the factor. Like, do I want cover or yeah. obviously cover's good, but they don't give you points on field because they're on the bench. So it's like yeah. that's probably the best way to do it. Is like just hold the trades and then if someone on field goes down at least you just trade them straight to another primo instead of stuffing around with trying to find the cash to upgrade someone on your bench. That's of equivalent worth and scoring value to the person on field who could go down with injury. So it's, yeah, it's that, that balancing yeah. act, isn't it? Oh, it's always tough, isn't it, mate? It seems like yeah. whatever decision you make is going to be the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. It's always the opposite. <laughs> it's what the game does, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You try and outsmart it, but it outsmarts you every time. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Mate, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time again, uh, Dio. You've been awesome, mate. Uh, so we can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, gracing us with your presence. We're uh, both big fans of the work that you do yeah. on your YouTube channel. So uh, for those of you, again, tuning in, listening, or viewing uh Go and check out his channel, uh, Supercoach with DR. Does some fabulous work there. So, um, goes without saying, mate. We'd love to have you back, and um, all the best for the remainder of the year ahead. Oh, mate, thank, thank you, you very much. And mate, uh, the the invitation extends to uh, come on the channel because I'd love to sit down with you blokes again very soon. I think uh, this may even become a regular thing because um, yeah, I've had a great time, guys. Good to have a laugh, and uh, no, nah, yeah, as I said, love your content as well. Um, part of my weekly ritual and that will uh, continue for the rest of the year, mate. So thanks very much for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks for the kind words. Thank you. Good on you, guys. Well, there we have it, Liam. That was Supercoach with DR. Such an awesome bloke, isn't he? Yeah, great bloke. Great. Really, really good bloke. just fun chat, fun chat. I really love that. It was. And there was a little little gag. Uh, Actually, it was after I stopped recording and he was making a gag about like sacrificing something to the gods yeah. <laughs> in order for the gods to like respond favorably because he, he hasn't been hit with any really bad injuries or anything like mm. himself. And he mentioned about the suggestion. And I hope, I hope this like isn't 
unraveling any any secret that he's going to do. But he suggested potentially cooking up an uh, an English breakfast, like a big buffet English breakfast, and then like sacrificing that for like putting it out for the gods. Yeah. And um, yeah, them uh, looking down favorably on him. I like that. I like I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to do that at the start of next year. I, I know <laughs> we were joking about it. I was going to do it because I yeah. need to do it. But I think this year is too far gone for me. <laughs> I'm going to do it next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Start the season off on the right, right foot. Dicks <laughs> in the bank. What as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All righty. Let's move on to, uh, it's been a long episode. So thanks for, um, for sticking around as well. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat, but we are wrapping it up with, of course, the last segment of the episode and it is group rankings and the super coach edge cash league. So let's have a quick hmm. check out <laughs> of, Oh, we like this day. Uh, the super coach edge group rankings and Ooh. the highest scorer for round 17 was Matthew with his team. This is NFT with a score of 2,487 and a round rank of 262. So uh, great round there for you, Maddie. What about the overall highest scorer, Liam? Have we had any change? to our carryover, carryover, carryover times infinity champ. We have not. <laughs> oh, uh, we haven't. <laughs> the still... highest scorer for 11 weeks in a row is yeah. Tyler with his team Green Bays. <laughs> yes. He's still he's still there working feverishly away, baking those cream pies or yes. whatever he's doing in the bakery there after hours. Bakery by day. What's he become by night? No one quite knows. Uh, no, no, no one quite knows. Like what an NFT is, no one quite knows. What yeah. that is <laughs> Very good, exactly. That's what's pretty good. I was like, what's it stand for? Non-fungible token. But what does it actually do? No, I still, I've it, had people exp- Yeah, I've had plenty of people explain it to me and I still have no idea what it means. And like we're in the technical, like we're both, you know, relatively yeah. technologically sound, but it makes no sense to me at all. Like we both collect select cards and stuff. It's tangible. It's it's a physical item that you hold yeah. in your hand. Coin collecting, mm. stamp collecting, that sort of thing. NFTs, eh, don't know if it's going to last long term. I oh, just, well, good luck. Don't, <laughs> just don't understand. Anyway, anyway, yep, anyway, anyway, let's move on. Total score, there is 39,531 uh, with an overall rank of 17. So he has moved down five spots. Now, Tyler. Tyler's on Tyler's tail is Tyler. Uh, Ooh, from Tyler, his team, Tyler. Shep Screamers. Oh, he's uh, back. <laughs> <laughs> who is gaining on him. He's only 76 points behind him, and he is ranked 26th overall. Ooh. And in third place, we've got John, who we haven't really spoken about. John, who is his team is Mark with Sparkle. <laughs> Love <laughs> it. Nicely. Uh, <laughs> sitting in 26 points off second, so he's 26 behind, points behind Tyler with his team, Shep Screamers. He's in third place, and he is ranked... 30th overall so it's pretty tight at the top end uh mm. there's no i don't think there's any guarantees that uh tyler is going to take it out well maybe yeah. a tyler will but we don't know yeah. if tyler from his quick buys is gonna have to uh keep keep pushing keep pushing hard to uh remain at the top <laughs> yeah pushing hard and you could also say that tyler chef scream is could pulling. be gobbling <laughs> Could be gobbling up, could be gobbling up Tyler's cream pies in good time. We'll we'll find out. It's going to be a sad day because they're not going to make any of these these uh, childish like gags from week to week if Tyler of Ship Screamers does overcome the cream pies. Mm. It's going to be. A, it's going to. It's, I reckon it's going to be a tight one. I reckon it's going to come down to the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, it will be. It's going to be so um, it'll be interesting. Tight, very tight. Very tight, very tight. Uh, if you uh, want to enter the Supercoach Edge group, uh, which we're just it's still open, I guess, mm. uh, you can join any time. We're going to let you. Uh, but yep. if you come in at like number one, we're going to know that it was that, that you've joined late. So yeah, you know, just keep that in mind. <laughs> Cody, A little asterisks. Yeah, <laughs> one four two zero five nine and. You know what? If you do come in late and you're number one already, you're going to ruin the gags and people are going to be disappointed. Yep. So yeah. Just, unless you know. unless your team name works in with cream pies. Mm. So we're going to say like the OG overall high scorer is Tyler, but the new high scorer is X. Are you, are you checking something yes. out? I'm just checking who number one is to see what their team name is. <laughs> oh. uh, number one's team name is... Prestia's Premiers. Uh, nah, it doesn't really work too well. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. You can't join. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on and we'll have a quick run through of the winners in the Supercoach Edge Crown League for Tier 3 Patreons. And the winners for Round 17 were Bruce with his team Shuin, uh, Lyle with his team Lyle Styles, Peter with his team Tankman 77, Brett with his team Sharps. Uh, Brett, sorry, Brett with his team Sharpshooters and Scott Arthur with his, his team Black. Got the hiccups, Black on White. Eating too many cream pies by the sounds of it. Uh, very <laughs> nicely. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of socials, where can our listeners and viewers find us? <laughs> yes, on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at DamoJ88, myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook and Instagram, search Supercoach Edge and you will find us there. Very nice. Well, that is the end of the episode officially and it has been Ooh. a marathon episode, but for good reason because we were joined by the great man himself, Supercoach with DR. So hopefully uh, you guys and girls out there did enjoy that chat. And uh, also, I'm going to throw it open, throw the doors open. So if you have any recommendations, if you want to hear from any particular people out there, whether it be contributors to the Supercoach community, Ooh. much like him, anyone else, uh, even high-ranking players as well. We will be trying to get on uh, someone that's currently in the top three ranks at the moment. <laughs> and if we get them in next week, I'm not going to ruin the surprise as to who it is, but this person is 70-odd points away from top spot. So he could be the outright first placeholder come next week, and he could be on the show next week. Otherwise, <laughs> if not next week, the week after. Um, he has tentatively said um, he'll jump on the show. He's been nice enough to do that. Uh, but yes, mm. anyone else out there, if you want to get us in touch with anyone, suggest anyone, feel free to do so. But with that, let's wrap up the show. So Liam, I don't know what else to say. DPP hasn't really saved us. There's no, I mean, Himmelberg's great. We've both got him, but mm. uh, we say it every week. We've got to pray to the Supercoach gods, but will they spare us? Will they Will they look kindly? It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. So you know what we're going to do? Work. You know what we're going to do, Liam? Flip the bird. Oh, no. Flip oh, the no. bird. And oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. It's a joke. It's a joke. For those, oh, no. for those of you listening to the podcast, oh, I did not no. just flip the bird. Um, and you may not go to YouTube and check out the... Did you hear rumbling in the sky? I'm hearing I'm hearing something happening. Oh no. I'm worried. I'm, I'm, well, how about this? I'm doing that. <laughs> you shouldn't be worried. I should be worried. What? Why should I not be worried? <laughs> You're gonna use both trades this week, aren't you? So it's fine. <laughs> I'm, I could be a contender. 
You I could have been a zombie. Oh, oh, well, we'll see how we go. See how we fare. We'll check in next week, and hopefully the gods haven't smited both of us down for that. I'm sorry. Mm, I apologise. But very scared. <laughs> yep. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. All the best for the weekend ahead, and uh, <laughs> good luck. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.